Number 11, Marco Reus, Borussia Dortmund. Welcome to the Dortmund Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Dunn. Today is August 29th. I'm here in beautiful Carlsbad, California, just a little bit away from San Diego. We're doing a cool little Dortmund podcast today. Uh, as you guys have noticed on the feed, I have not been recording. Uh, I left for vacation on Saturday morning from Chicago at 6 a.m. And I flew out here to California, Anaheim, for a couple of days. So it's been kind of hard because uh, we're in Anaheim for a few days, and then we drive down here to Carlsbad, and then the first hotel didn't really have much uh, space to do a podcast uh, where it's friendly confines, but now we're here in Carlsbad, we're here to do a podcast, and we're doing one here about our beloved Borussia Dortmund. Uh, we changed the intro, we officially changed the intro to the Dortmund podcast, we have eliminated Usman Dembele from the intro and the outro. Uh, he officially has left the club. He was sold to Barcelona. He's a petulant child. He acted really, really unfavorably. And in an interview he did today, he admitted that he purposely did the things he did to force his move to Barcelona, which is just a shame because the kid is so talented. He's so raw. And I think he needed another year at a club like Dortmund and at a level like Dortmund because going from Dortmund to Bar- to Barcelona isn't, the, is a big gap. There's a big difference. You are going into a side where you are demanded, especially for the money they paid for him, over 100 million euros for him. The expectations to replace Neymar, the beloved son, the next coming of Pele of Brazil, to replace him. And you're not even a lock, not even a certain to make the French national team come 2018, going to Russia. He's not even in the squad. He, he acts like a child. He isn't at the level that is needed to be at Barcelona, and there's a possibility he may go there, and he may flop, and he may not be as good as he thought he was. He needed another year at Borussia Dortmund. The Dortmund fans deserved another year of his wonderful talent. He needed to deliver on a consistent basis to deserve a move to Barcelona. I knew it was his dream move, but in the reality of it is, one year at Dortmund does not consequence you to go to Barcelona and the way he forced his move, it is so disrespectful to all the great black and yellow fans. And it's so disrespectful to the Bundesliga itself and to all of us lovers of football. It is a disgrace that he acted this way. It is an absolute outrage that he gets to do this and gets to go join the club he, he always wanted to play for. Because I don't think he's better than Neymar. You look at his little video that has gone viral the last couple of days on the internet about him can't can't even do the keepy-uppies, by the way, and the pressure's on. This isn't Dortmund. You are now going to Barcelona, a team that didn't win the league last year. Real Madrid won the league. They won the Champions League again. You're playing catch-up with the best team in the world and arguably the best league in the world, and the pressure's on for you to deliver, and I don't know if he's got the cojones, he's got the balls, or the grit to be that good and be that kind of player. I've seen him individually win games for Dortmund last season, but he needed another year playing for Dortmund, and if he would have delivered a league title this season in a year, 
in a year that Dortmund's best opportunity to win one with Bayern going through the rebuild, getting older, having to try to get younger, but still have the older players and try to phase them out to bring the young players in that can compete at the levels that they desire, semifinals, finals of the Champions League, and competing for the Bundesliga title. But no, Usman Dembele, I have to go to Barcelona. I have to go. I have to fly away from Germany and sit in a little house in France and play Mario Kart and force my way to Barcelona. It's disgraceful. It's disgusting. And I'm not one to hope an injury, but I hope, I really do, that it doesn't work out for him. And then he's got to leave Barcelona and hope to go back to Ligue 1 or maybe make a move back to Germany. But he will never be loved and he will never be respected by the Dortmund fans. You go on Twitter, you put in hashtag BVB, you hashtag Dortmund, you put Dembele next to it, and you will see the criticism because we all agree that he's a great player, but he wasn't ready for the next step. And this is different. You're not replacing some scrub. You're not replacing some above-average player. You are replacing Neymar. Are you good enough to replace Neymar? Hell no. But when there's a negative, there's always a positive. In my book, I always try to turn a negative into a positive. And Dortmund got a positive. Yarmolenko, he's the Ukrainian international, 68 caps for the country, 30, 29 goals, by the way, as well. And a little fun fact for you guys, he plays in the Ukrainian league, uh, tremendous player, and the last time he scored, a true fact, 15 or less goals in a season, or no, hold on, scored less than 10 goals a season from a wide position and in league competition, all competitions, not including the national team, was 2009-2010. was the last time he didn't crack double digits in goals. The last, what is it, three seasons, he scored 19 goals. He hasn't scored under 15 goals in nearly six years. Also, he has a season high, a career high of 21 goals in all competitions at club level. But last three seasons, 19 goals, he gives you an option. He's good on the one-on-one. He's going into his physical prime. This isn't a player that you have to, you know, you have to give him a little time to really get into it. Like Dembele, for example. Like, get him last year from Ligon, from Rennes. He makes the move to Dortmund, and it took him a bit, but then he became this explosive, dynamic player. Yarmo has been playing for a long time. 68 caps for his national team. 29 goals. This is a seasoned veteran, 27 years old. Going into his physical prime, he has all the boxes ticked. And with that Dembele money, you're, he may not be better at the end of the day once Dembele may reach that potential. But at this current moment, Yarmo is a better player. He can do the one-on-ones. He's a great shot taker. He has the bit of flair to him, and he's got a bit of magic about him that Dembele had, but he's a little bit more seasoned. He's got a little bit more vigor. He's got that grit and that tenacity that I really liked, and he has done it internationally. And people can look, oh, the Ukrainian League is, you know, a step below the Bundesliga. You were correct. That is a fact. But he played for one of the best Ukrainian clubs, but he's done it for the national team. Nearly 70 games played and nearly 30 goals scored from a wide position. And he can play on the left. He can play on the right as well. People don't realize that he is versatile. He can play as the number 10. And he may be the first guy in a long time to wear the number 9 since Lee Wendowski wore the number 9 at Borussia Dortmund. 
and have a huge X factor. There's been four players since Lewandowski's left Borussia Dortmund that wear the nine that has not panned out. And Yarmo is the guy in my book that can break that curse. I think he's got all the upside potential. And I also truly believe that he's better than Dembele now. And going into the Champions League, which we will talk about after we finish up with Yarmo, going into the Champions League, he's done it on the international level. He's done it on the European level, on the continental level. He's done it in the league. I think he could be a real asset. And 21 goals is his career high. He's already got three goals this season and five matches in the Ukrainian league. I think taking the step up, going into a better league, but playing in a better team under Peter Bowes, I think this guy could easily score 25 goals in all competitions this season. I think Yarmo is an excellent signing. Got him for $25 million, which is the same price West Ham paid for Anatovic from Stoke City. I think Yarmo is better than Anatovic. I think he's a better all-around player better attitude, better work rate, and the key thing is he isn't stupid. He's got a good footballing brand, and to play at Dortmund, you need to be smart, and we'll talk about a few smart players when we talk about the Berlin versus Borussia Dortmund 2-0 victory, and we talk a little bit about the things that really stood out for us, but Yarmo is the guy that can really take Dortmund to that level that can help them contend for a title in the Bundesliga. As I mentioned, the Champions League a few seconds ago, Dortmund got drawn in a group with Real Madrid, Apol, and Spurs. Uh, Real Madrid, as we know, defending world champions and European champions of the uh, Champions League. Spurs had one of the best seasons in a long time from their standpoint. Mauricio Pochettino, men, uh, will get to travel to uh, Wembley Stadium. We'll get to travel to the Bernabeu again. And Dortmund has some history with Real Madrid, playing some really good knockout stages, playing them in the group stages. They played them really good in the last decade as well. So it's really exciting to see that. And I think it's a really good test for Dortmund as well, because I think Dortmund arguably could be the second best team. I think a lot of Premier League people may put Spurs ahead of them because they see them more in the United States. But as being an American living in the United States, I watch a lot of Dortmund. I watched a decent amount of Spurs. And People know this. I tweeted on on T.Soccer, D-U-N-N-E, pictures of me watching the games. I've watched Spurs play, and I've watched Dortmund play. I think if there's one team that could give Spurs fits, it would be Dortmund. Their press is much better than Spurs press. And then when you go and you see Spurs play at Wembley Stadium, they're not able to adapt to that. And Dortmund play on a bigger pitch as well, and they're used to doing that pressure. And I think the work all starts from the top. And I think Aubameyang is a little bit faster than Harry Kane, and he's got the ability to play on the shoulder, which will help them against Spurs, and which will help them against Real Madrid. You look at Spurs, Harry Kane doesn't play on the shoulder. He's not that fast. He's a guy that holds the play up. Classic number nine, classic English striker, but he's got a little bit more ability with his feet, but he can do it all around. You got Deli Ali, who's a special player, but the one thing Spurs lack that Dortmund has is wide play and speed and pace, and that's where Dortmund will succeed, and I think that's where they'll possibly pick up six points against Apal, the uh, Cyprus champions. Spurs will have some problems against them. And Real Madrid, whoever can get the points off of Real Madrid from Spurs or Dortmund will be the team that finishes second. Whoever can take a point or two from from, uh, Real Madrid, even if you get a win versus them and then you lose or draw, whoever gets the most points against Real Madrid will be the team that finishes second. If that's Spurs, if that's Dortmund or Apal, they are the team 
to beat is Real Madrid. We all know they're going to probably finish first, but I really have a gut feeling that Dortmund will finish second and Spurs will finish third in the UCL draw. But we're in the group of death. It's an exciting group, as I mentioned. Some really great teams in here. It's going to be some exciting matches when we get to those Tuesdays and Wednesdays in September, which is only a few more weeks away from Champions League coming back. Obviously, we are on an international break, which always breaks my heart. But I mean, there's some positives. There's some they're really good groups. There's some really good football to be played. And I'm excited. You should be excited as well. Uh, Hertha Berlin played Borussia Dortmund in a 2-0 victory for the black and yellow. And I'm going to read off a quote from Peter Boas that he said during preseason. Ideally, every opponent we play should play their worst match against us if our pressing is working. If you watch the Hertha Berlin victory... The pressing looked good. Berlin didn't have many bites or nibbles at goal. They looked out of sorts. They didn't look like a team that had the objective to go out and get a victory against Borussia Dortmund as well. And when you look at it, Nuri Sahin, he was the guy a few years ago, makes the move to Real Madrid, but it doesn't really pan out. And his form really started to slip a little bit, but he scored a spectacular goal. He sparkled in the midfield. I would give him an... 8.5 8.5 out of 10. Tremendous goal as well. And Nuri Sahin is a holding midfielder that passes the ball so beautifully, which was the reason why that he was so beloved and so coveted when he, when he made the move to Real Madrid when he won the, I think it was the Bundesliga Player of the Year, the Turkish Player of the Year as well, over Turan. He's just a tremendous player, and it's good to see him getting back into that into that form that made him so special a few years ago. And Zagadou is another one that keeps on impressing me. He's got a great footballing brain. And we could talk about all the other players, but Zagadou, what upside potential. I know he's usually a center back. He's been playing at at the fullback position with all the injuries that we got. But you look at him, he's got a good brain. He He usually knows where to be at. He's such a young and raw player as well. But being in this Dortmund system, being under Peter Boss, who's, as we've seen at Ajax, and now we're seeing here at Dortmund, he's really good at developing young talent and giving them confidence to succeed on the pitch. And Zagadou is one of those players that could take that next step within the year and put themselves in a position to be a starter going into the next season at the center back position and possibly even changing the formation if they want to go three at the back. And, you know, there's so many great players. As we mentioned, you got Socrates, uh, Toprik, who also made his debut, and then you have you know Zagadou, who can play left fullback, he can play center back, they can go into a wing back system. If that's something wanted to do, I know it's the in thing in football right now to play three at the back. You know, allows more spaces down the channels. But you know, I like the way Peter Balls is doing things. I really like the way Zagadou and Sahin uh, sparkle. As I mentioned, uh, Toprik, he made his debut for uh, Dortmund. You know, made the move from Leverkusen, showing that. Dortmund have some depth at the center back position with all the injuries at fullback for them. And Zagadou, for example, stepping in and doing a really good job. Topper comes in for an in, the injured Greece, the Greek, and he did a really good job. He's showing that he can be an asset, he could be very firm, and he knows how to play the game. And making that move from Leverkusen to Dortmund. And if there's an injury, you have Topper that can just walk right into the team. Bundesliga experience, Champions League experience. And it's always good to have good backups and good players. And once the games get thick and heavy, as we mentioned, Champions League, uh, Polka, and then obviously the Bundesliga, he's going to get tons of games. But what a great time to get him a debut. And 
obviously a 2-0 victory for Dortmund, and it was just nothing but fantastic. We're going to talk about the trio of uh, Pulisic, Aubameyang, and Gertz. All had solid outings, all 7 out of 10. And we're gonna when we finish this podcast off, we're gonna talk about Uba for a second, and we're gonna go in and I'm gonna challenge him with my my goal for him for this season. But you look at Pulisic, you know, another good performance. He's gonna be a very good player for this team. You look at the American; he's got a better attitude than Dembele, younger than Dembele, I believe, if I'm right, or he's a year older. But he's got a better attitude. He's got a better work rate because he doesn't have all the raw skill and pace that Dembele's got, but he's got decent pace, he's got decent technical ability, he's got a good head on his shoulders, and he doesn't make many mistakes. And let's talk about Gertz for a second. What a tremendous performance. He played the 60 minutes, he played 60 great minutes, you know, very fascinating to see what he's doing, you know. Boss said, I'm gonna give him a, I'm gonna give him an hour, he did a half hour again, and he looked good. He looked active. He looked lively. You know, he's coming back from that nearly career-ending, you know, you know, affliction that he took last season, and left. He came back, and the performance he's put in in the first two Bundesliga games is really something you got to keep an eye on, and you got to really look at it. If you're Jurgen Lowe, that is a guy that scored you the game winner in the 2014 World Cup, and if he keeps on performing like this for Borussia Dortmund, there is a great chance that he will be on the plane going to Russia in 2018, and I really think so. And Uba, we're going to finish it up on Uba and my goal for him. Another goal, I think that's a sixth goal of the season, sixth competitive goal for him. He's so good that I think it baffles a lot of people that he doesn't want to make the move up. But I think at Dortmund, being the guy, being the best, arguably best striker in the Bundesliga, I know a lot of people will go Lewandowski, but I'm going to go on, I'm going to just go on the limp. I think he's better because of the way that Dortmund want to play. He provides some other options and provides some a better way of playing on the shoulder, can play the ball at his feet, and he scores so many tremendous goals. You look at the goal he scored against Hertha Berlin, comes in on the cross, hits it with his left foot. Not his strong foot, right foot. He hits it on his left foot, finishes at the far post across with the cross finish, and he's got such tremendous technique. I know there was a lot of rumors he might go to China, he might go back to Milan, but he didn't. He stayed at Dortmund, and I think it's time with this Usman Dembele money to give him a pay raise. Make him want. Make him want to stay. Give him the pay raise he deserves. He's done nothing but tremendous work. 31 goals in the Bundesliga next season. And like it or not, I think he is poised for a 30-plus goal season again in the Bundesliga. I challenge him. He did 31 last season, go for 32 this season, and I think he's going to get 40-plus goals in all competition. He's electric. There's a reason why so many clubs want him. And as a guy that loves the Premier League, loves the Bundesliga, loves Serie A, loves La Liga, I love all football. I love the different cultures, and I love the way that different teams in different places play the game of soccer. Here in America, we have such a combination of some teams want to play the ball on the ground, we got some players that play. It's a great combination of physicality with technical ability. There's some players that are superbly technical, and there's some players that are not aren't technically gifted, but they have the physical attributes that Americans love. We love fast, powerful people, but in the soccer world, you need a good brain and technical ability. That's why the players like Schweinsteiger, for example, when they come over here, their influence on the team will be so, so brilliant because they can teach 
the little sub things that not every American coach has got because they don't have an extensive knowledge like a Bashing Schweinsteiger or a David Villa or a Giovinco, for example. These are great players that played abroad in Europe at the highest of levels. You know, Giovinco playing for Juventus, Schweinsteiger, Manchester United, and uh, Bayern Munich in Germany. And David Villa, all-time leading goal scorer of, you know, Rojas of Spain and of Barcelona and Valencia. Very good players. And the technical ability and the excitement of the Bundesliga, I just think Uba is on a trajectory that is so, so beautiful. I think 45 goals all competitions. That's my goal for Aubameyang this upcoming season. And that should be your goal. Let me know what you think on Twitter, tdunsoccer, D-U-N-N-E. I'm going to put the poll up. It's going to be yes or no. Do you think Aubameyang will score over 45 goals in all competitions? And once again, guys, thank you for listening to the Dortmund Podcast. Uh, I'm very excited. We're on international break, which breaks my heart. But I'm excited for the thick of things to come. We have Champions League. We have the Bundesliga. We're on top of the table, ahead of Bayern. That's where I want to be at. We do this podcast in May. We got a couple of great Dortmund podcast people coming on the show in the next couple of weeks. I always want to say thank you to all the great people and simply Marco on Twitter. He's building a brand new logo for the podcast, so give him a follow. He's a tremendous kid. I think he is from Germany as well, and thankfully he's uh, taking in the responsibilities of making a cool, cool logo for the Dortmund pod. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be pretty crazy to have someone take the time, take the effort. I reached out to him, and he was ecstatic to take on the job, and I thank him so much for doing that. Once again, guys, thank you for listening to the Dortmund Podcast. Like, rate, review us at Apple Podcasts, and you guys are so awesome. You guys are so appreciative, and I thank you guys for giving me your love and your support, and I love interacting with you guys on Twitter as well. So once again, thank you for listening to the Dortmund Pod. Raises the truth.